If I was to ask you, what's one of the happiest days in a person's life? What would you say? I mean, some would say probably the day they got married or probably some would say the day they got divorced. Oh, that's pessimistic, isn't it? It's probably true. Or others would say, oh, maybe it was their college graduation or their high school graduation or even beyond that, their graduation from nursing school or medical school or the like. Some would say it'd probably be the day that they bought their first house. It doesn't matter, but I'm pretty sure that one of the most common answers to what is the happiest day in a person's life would be the birth of their child. I mean, wouldn't you agree? That's why it's so heartbreaking that lots of women, I mean, millions of women worldwide right now are dealing with delivery during this pandemic. And that may actually be quelching that fire, that light of one of the happiest days of their life because they have this fear of this pandemic. Well, the big fear was whether having COVID during pregnancy was somehow going to affect the child somewhere down the line. That's a very real fear, a very real concern. But now we have data. Yep, in this podcast, we're going to cover a new article that just came out January 2022 in JAMA Pediatrics. The title is The Association of Birth During the COVID-19 Pandemic with Neurodevelopmental Status at Six Months. And this is again in the infants. Now this compared babies born to women that had COVID-19 during pregnancy and compared to those who did not have COVID-19. And then, as a group, compared those to historical controls, meaning delivery, before the pandemic even happened. So, does COVID-19 during pregnancy affect neurodevelopment of the child? Well, the answer is going to surprise you because it's actually no and yes at the same time. Let's get into that article now. Just trying to keep everyone up to date on evidence-based practices because medicine moves fast. This is Clinical Pearls. Globally, more than 200 million infants have been born since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. And although impossible to precisely quantify, even the most conservative estimates of the total number of infants worldwide with in utero exposure to maternal SARS-CoV-2 also ranges in the millions. Fetal exposure to perturbations of the intrauterine environment has been implicated in altered brain development and long-term offspring vulnerability for neurodevelopmental and psychiatric sequelae. Although vertical transmission of SARS-CoV-2 from mother to fetus is rare, it can happen, and this has caused this fear, this concern, that due to the maternal immune activation in response to this virus, that that's somehow going to set up pro-inflammatory markers and pro-inflammatory substances that can affect the developing fetal brain. So there was definitely no question a need to determine the association between fetal exposure to maternal SARS-CoV-2 infection and child neurodevelopmental status. So these authors, again, that published their paper out of JAMA Pediatrics in January 2022, actually used a database from New York. This was the COVID-19 Mother and Baby Outcomes Initiative. This was a prospective cohort study that actually was out of Columbia. Now, again, this was the COVID-19 Mother-Baby Outcomes Initiative. If you take the first letters of that, it actually spells out COMBO. Is that cool or what? I mean, how long does it take to make a cool study name like COMBO? 
All right, so here's what Combo was. It was a prospective cohort study, again, that kind of launched at the peak of this whole COVID issue in the spring of 2020. And it was a study used to examine the associations between in utero exposure to maternal SARS-CoV-2 and the well-being of both the mother and the child. So these were dyads that were followed. Now, for this analysis, dyads were enrolled during pregnancy or in the first few months postpartum. For each exposed dyad, I'm going to tell you what that is in a minute, one to three unexposed dyads, which was defined as the absence of electronic record documentation of maternal SARS-CoV-2 infection during pregnancy or at delivery, these were selected and invited to participate. All right, so dyads that were infected and then dyads that were not infected. Now, the definition of infected is very easy. I mean, they either had COVID or they didn't, either picked up from asymptomatic screening on admission or by symptomatic testing to determine presence of SARS-CoV-2 maternal infection. This was done mainly by nasopharyngeal polymerase chain reaction, but it was also done by serological testing for antibodies. So let's put this in perspective, all right? So what's going on? We're talking about March 2020 at Columbia, New York. Patients are either being asymptomatically screened on admission or they're testing you, of course, obviously, if you're symptomatic. So they have a database between those that test positive during pregnancy and then those who test negative. So those are your two combination, your two comparison groups, all right? Those who test positive during pregnancy and then those who don't. It's pretty easy. Now, have them deliver, and then we're going to follow neurodevelopmental status for six months. But they also chose to check those two groups against historical controls. These controls obviously delivered before the pandemic, so it wasn't a COVID issue. Okay, so there's two different comparisons here. Babies that were born with moms that had COVID during pregnancy and those moms who didn't. And then they were compared to those who delivered before the pandemic. Okay, that's a pretty good study, right? Well, the median age at delivery of the 255 women in the pandemic cohort was about 32. Now, now that we've said all that, now let's get into some of the results because they're pretty surprising. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, back to the results. Here we go. There were no significant group differences between the exposed and the unexposed infants on any of the subdomain scores for neurodevelopment. Now, remember, this is just six months of age, and I get it. I mean, how much neurodevelopment do you need to be a six-month-old infant? Well, the answer is a lot, okay? So there is a standardized scale called the ASQ3, and so this was used on a standardized evaluation, all right? But that's the take-home. There were no differences between those babies born to moms that had COVID during pregnancy and those who didn't. Now, here's one of the big clinical pearls. Neither symptom severity nor the timing of infection showed any association with any of the subdomain scores for neurodevelopment. But wait, there's more, because there's definitely more to this story. So the big take-home, 
infection during pregnancy versus no infection, no difference in neurodevelopment, okay? However, check this out. Compared with those in the historical cohort, in other words, those that delivered before the pandemic, infants in the pandemic cohort, whether they were exposed to COVID or not, both of them had significantly lower mean scores on gross motor, fine motor, and even personal social subdomains. Do y'all get that? So while there was no specific difference in neurodevelopment at six months between the babies born to moms that had COVID and not during the pandemic, those who just delivered in the pandemic period had lower neurodevelopmental scores compared to those who delivered before the pandemic. Now, on sub-analysis, the results are even more interesting. What the researchers found on sub-analysis is that early gestation at the peak of the pandemic, again, in New York, was associated with the lowest scores of these subdomains compared with the historic controls. In other words, those women that went all throughout the pandemic pregnant because they just started pregnancy around March of 2020 or so, if you can figure that out, right? So in other words, they were pregnant all throughout the pandemic. Those babies had the lowest neurodevelopmental scores at six months just because they experienced the pandemic during pregnancy, and that's with or without exposure. So are you confused? Well, don't be, because it actually makes a lot of sense if you step back from the initial results and take a look at it from just a little bit of a distance. And I love how the authors in their discussion try to explain this. So let me tell you what they said, because it's actually probably hits the nail right on the head. As the authors state in their discussion, taken together, the lack of neurodevelopmental differences between infants with and without in utero SARS-CoV-2 exposure and the observed group differences between the historical and the pandemic cohorts suggest that COVID-19-related stress should be considered as the potential underlying mechanism, not the virus itself. Reported stressors have included job loss or fear of job loss, food insecurity, and loss of housing, and the pandemic has resulted in significant increases in anxiety and depression. We know from previous publications that maternal anxiety and depression actually causes epigenetic effects on the child that can alter neurodevelopment. The authors go on to explain, consistent with these findings, are that infants born to women who were in the first trimester of pregnancy during the pandemic peak had the lowest scores in gross motor, fine motor, and personal social domains. Data from numerous cohort studies have demonstrated that prenatal perceived stress loneliness, isolation, and objective stress, especially during early pregnancy, are associated with an increased risk for adverse neurodevelopment in children. So, remember I said at the beginning, does COVID-19, does, does this pandemic affect neurodevelopment of the child? Well, yes, but it's not the virus itself. It's the stress that we're all under because of this pandemic, rather than direct insults from the virus itself. So is that wild or what? As I've mentioned before on several podcasts, I'm a big believer of mindfulness. I'm a big believer in meditation. I just think it works. 
And this is proof that stress and anxiety, as I've already said in previous publications, have demonstrated those things in the mom actually cause these phosphorylation and methylization defects and changes called epigenetics that can imprint the child for further neurodevelopmental insults. So what's the take home? The good news is COVID-19 itself doesn't seem to affect the child's brain. But the stress that we're all living under, that can affect the child, no question. So teach your patients mindfulness. They've got to be able to relax. They've got to be able to bring down their stress response, psychosocial stress response. And that is the best way to help the child's future development. All right, podcast family, we have just covered a new publication released in the first week of January 2022 out of JAMA Pediatrics, looking at the association of birth during the COVID-19 pandemic. I hope this information was helpful for you. Remember, tell others about us because we're trying to grow this listenership even more. We're thankful for you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls. Mm-hmm.